0: Welcome to Bible Mysteries. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world
1: doesn't want you to know? You're listening to Episode 140, Visions and Dreams, Part 1. Now, here are your hosts, Scott and John. Welcome back to Bible mysteries podcast I'm Scott Mitchell
0: I'm John Potts and this is the show that talks about things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know
1: we're gonna get into dreams today John yeah yeah so yeah the world uh, I don't know if the world's trying to hide the truth about dreams but uh, there is something mysterious yeah about visions and dreams so we're gonna dive into that um, We're going to start, though, by uh, thanking our subscribers, our premium podcast subscribers are the ones that make these episodes possible. Mm -hmm. And today's episode is brought to you by our seekers, Marcus B., Natasha W., Dawana F., I think that's how you say that, Dawana, Uh Mary M., and Christelle H., Christelle H., so they all joined in January. So we're finally caught up to this year. I like it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thank you all very much. Absolutely. For the
1: support. Because of, of your support, we're able to put this uh, program together. Uh, for those of you that uh, are not subscribers yet, uh, you gain uh, access to premium content when you mm-hmm. do. You get our full interviews of guests, uh, and we got a great one coming up this month.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Uh, with Vicky Joy Anderson. You, you don't, don't want to miss, miss that yeah, one. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, we also have a newsletter. We do we uh, that that contains articles that I write, questions that I answer for from our listeners. We have an on the patio video. You get uh, ad free um, content, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're about to start having a sponsor where we're going to be promoting uh, their their product for you. I'm not going to announce it yet until it's all finalize, okay. but you'll start hearing some ads. From, right now, you're just hearing ads from us. <laughs> all right. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little familiar, but you'll start hearing us talking about another another product. So you can avoid all that and help support us if you decide to become a premium subscriber. So yeah, just, Scott
0: is working tirelessly. <laughs> well, you got to be asking yourself, what does this guy John do? <laughs> <laughs> right. What does John do? John John helps us a lot. He's just the guy that talks on the side.
1: Believe me, you you do more than you realize. Um, It's funny, I you know, I try to send them to you, but when people write and they say, "Oh, love John," and I love this banner, love is this and that, you know, uh, (laughs) we appreciate you giving him a shout out because uh, you know we don't want John to run away crying and feeling like he's not useful here. No. (laughs) No, you really, your input is valuable, John. We appreciate you so much. And uh, so, yeah, I think uh, that that covers the basis of this. Uh, and and I, I one little plug I want to remind people too that the other ministry that I do, which is not as conspiratorial or secretive as uh, mysteries, uh-huh. is my UTB Now website, utbnow.com. dot uh-huh. uh, Every Sunday we do a, a Bible message that's more oriented to uh, you know evangelical preaching, teaching, yeah. ex, you know ex, exhortation, whatever. So uh, you know if you come to us through Bible mysteries and you weren't sure about things in the scripture and suddenly you go wow that's in the Bible and you want to dig deeper that's what this Sunday message is for you know we, yeah. we dig a little deeper there for you all right John anything else you want to say before we get started
0: um no let's jump into it man people don't want to hear what I say <laughs> yeah <laughs> now they do you'd be surprised but <laughs> well, let's jump into it we've got a lot to cover here
1: we do so did you ever wonder how it is that God spoke to prophets and kings? You, know, you see, you read like if if there's a passage, you huh. if you went you don't have to turn there, but Genesis eight, verse fifteen says, And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth out of the ark and, and this was at the end of the yeah. flood. And you're thinking, was he sitting there, you know, up in the in the helm of the ship <laughs> telling Noah, Okay, you can go out yeah. now? How did he uh, you, how did he talk to him? And I've always taken for granted, you know, how he did that.
0: I mean, I guess people always or I've always thought it was <laughs> this is gonna sound dumb, but like you just heard a voice, right? Yeah.
1: I, I think it, I, I thought the same thing.
0: And I, I think that that was probably <clears throat> true in the Garden of Eden. But then once man was separated from God's presence, because it said that that Adam and Eve walked with God, yeah. correct? But then once we were separated from his presence because of sin, right? then it had to be some, through some other method, right? Like what you're going to get into, dreams, visions.
1: That's exactly right. And, okay. and I, I think you're right. It wasn't just, you know, I pictured a voice. In my head, as as I read a passage and God spoke to Noah, and I'm thinking, there's Noah sitting on the ark, uh, or standing, and there's God speaking. You just hear something, you know, wide awake, listening, and God talking. But with Adam and Eve, like you said, John, before they sinned, uh, God was literally physically there walking with them. Yeah. You know, it was probably the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus is the express image of God's person. Yeah. So he was just there as a as a man-like figure. You know, physical embodiment mm-hmm. of God walking around talking to them directly face to face. Yeah. And then once that sin happened, they lost that privilege. Which
0: is interesting because Satan was also there and talking to them. Yeah. So it's almost like pre-sin nature we had access to or were in the spiritual realm.
1: Exactly. I wow. Agree. I, I never agree. even thought
0: about that. That, that. And now we've been we separated were, from it.
1: Right. We were never supposed to die. Yeah. We would have been like angels in that sense. Huh. You know, still lower than the angels, created different from them, yeah. from the dust of the earth. Right. But in bodies that would have lived forever, could have eaten of the tree of life and lived forever. We know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, that we, we absolutely had access to the spiritual realm.
0: I never thought about that until yeah. you brought it up. So, wow.
1: And then, so that kind of gives some, I guess, a little teaser and credibility about what we did discuss at some length with Vicki Joy Anderson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When we talk about sleep paralysis coming up in in an episode, in her interview, she was talking about when we dream, are we accessing that spiritual realm in yeah. some cases? And, and if we are, are we communing with entities there, whether it be God Mm -hmm. or satanic entities you know so it it seems to me there's some credibility to that if we dig into the scriptures today to look at the fact that in the majority of instances it was through dreams or visions that God spoke with one notable exception we'll see that in a moment okay but we're going to take a closer look John into the connection our dreams may have to the spiritual realm and examine whether our sleeping hours can involve communication from God today Hmm. okay yeah and and you and i both sort of grew up in a in a dispensational theology that probably would have dismissed the very idea that god would talk to anybody today outside of his word. Yeah. You know, that he speaks to us through his word and which is absolutely true he does. Yeah. speak to us through his word, but um we're going to go to the book of numbers and we're going to see that that wasn't always the case. And and we're we're going to ask the question in probably two parts, uh, two episodes, because I don't think we can cover it all in one, okay. we're going to ask the question, is God revealing anything in dreams today? You know, hmm. Okay. And I don't mean that he's adding to his word. Yeah. But I mean, is he revealing something about his word or, you know, okay, something along that line? All right. So I mentioned one notable exception. So to, right off the bat, I'm going to see something that the Bible says about visions and dreams and God communicating. Okay. It's in Numbers 12, and we start reading in verse 5. It says, And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. Miriam, I believe, is Moses' wife. Or or, or Aaron's wife, excuse me. Okay. Okay. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. Hmm. So right off the bat, God's telling us how he's going to speak. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And there's a context here where they sort of challenge Moses and God saying, how dare you? Yeah. He's so uh, ordained of me to be the leader of Israel that you would challenge him when I actually speak to him directly, face to face. Yeah, there so, was something special. So Moses
0: is book. not being Moses is not being <coughs> spoken to in dreams or visions. No, he's being spoken to directly. directly.
1: and and would behold God's uh, what does he call it? His similitude. You know. Yeah. And. Um, He's one of the very few notable exceptions where God actually spoke to him directly.
0: Wow! Okay.
1: Another is Jesus Christ Himself, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the Lord makes clear that He speaks to prophets in dreams and visions. Mm-hmm. So now we stop and we think: when God would say to Noah, "Go thou out of the ark," I was like, "When did He say that?" Well, He dreamed it. Okay. So if that's how God communicates, I think it's back to what you but said. But there's no
0: proof of God speaking <clears throat> directly to Noah.
1: None that I know of.
0: No. Okay. Yes. So we we have to assume that it's through a dream.
1: We have to assume, and, okay. and without making a, a wild guess, we're going to look at more scripture. Okay. You know, we're going to see more instances. So go to Genesis 15. <clears throat> Genesis 15 um, is the first recorded instance of a dream occurring where it's actually said how that this would happen, and interestingly enough, it's Abram or Abraham. Okay. His name was Abram before he was named Abraham. And we see it in verse 1, Genesis 15, 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, mm-hmm. saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And there are times when it just says, and the Lord spoke to Abram or whatever, Abram or Abraham. Yeah. The Lord spoke to him, and we just think, oh, he was. it was that voice just, you know, blah, 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 like Mrs. Othmar yeah. from the Peanuts, <laughs> you know. But this is the first instance of a vision or dream occurring and it with a person that's recorded not you know he could have been speaking to men before Abram. I'm sure mm-hmm. he spoke to Enoch you know yeah. to, to others and Noah of course but we now know that it was in a vision he spoke to him earlier in chapter 12 before before this is written in chapter 12 he spoke to Abram and told him to move to Canaan mm-hmm. so we can assume this was in a dream or vision as well Okay yeah, and because we know based on what we read in numbers he said I'll speak to them in visions and dreams.
0: So do you think a dream and a vision are the same thing? I guess I'd always in my mind separated the two like dreaming is like you're asleep, right? You're yeah. you're in your subconscious where a vision I always uh pictured it like you're awake but then you start seeing something that's yeah. not uh, I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, it's yeah. not even what's going on around you. It's like all of a sudden you're just seeing something, but you're awake.
1: Well, I'm so glad you asked that.
0: Oh, uh, did I just <laughs> tease something up? Hey, man.
1: That was my question, too. <laughs> I, I literally was wondering about the same thing. You okay. know? And so I did a word search for the definition of vision and dream okay. independently. Yeah. So I think where you're going with this is probably exactly what the scripture is telling us. Okay. That, they're, that they're similar, but there's a distinction between the two. And I think one of them has to do with being awake. Yeah, I mean, Not a, a vision
0: seems to me like you're awake. Yeah. It's just you're seeing, it's almost like you're seeing a dream while you're awake, if that makes sense. I don't even know if that makes sense. Right. A dream is like you are out, you're resting, um, and maybe you're just, your mind is just going through uh, like a movie that it's recorded almost. Right. But a vision is something that, it's almost like it's being provided for
1: you. I don't know. I, well, when I have questions like that, yeah. what I usually do, if it helps, and it doesn't always help, but sometimes it helps, to go to the original Hebrew okay, or yeah. Greek, whatever whatever you're reading, Old or New Testament, and the word "vision" in Hebrew is "makaze." Okay, yeah, if I'm pronouncing it right, and it means vision in the ecstatic state. So, an ecstatic state means it's the root of ecstasy. Okay, so it's, it can almost imply there's a there's an awakening. Mm-hmm. Moment. You're not necessarily asleep and you're not sleeping in an ecstatic state. Mm-hmm. So, my mind already, by virtue of that definition, is lending itself to thinking in terms of being awake mm-hmm. and conscious.
0: Before you go on, I just want to ask you this because I've heard um, in, in your messages and a lot of other people's before. Hey, if you want to get the core meaning of this, you go to the Hebrew. How do you go to the Hebrew? What does that mean? Like you're well, going to an original writing of the Bible?
1: I, I use a program on the on a website called, um, uh, suddenly drawn a blank on what it is, but it's a Strong's Concordance is contained in it. Uh, let me uh, let me get the website. And it
0: gives right you there. the Hebrew? Blue, um, letter
1: Bible. Blue, blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible. Okay, yeah.
0: so that you can go to the original writing of the Bible to get a um, better... Interpretation?
1: Well, let me clarify some terms so we don't mislead. So okay. if, you, if I said the original writing, they don't exist anymore. The okay. original yeah. letter yeah. that Moses wrote or Job or Noah or yeah, Paul yeah. or Peter, they don't exist. They've long since decomposed or yeah. fallen apart. So it, copies were made over and over and over again, particularly by the Hebrew scholars. Okay. So there are two texts, if, if I want to limit it to the King James Bible, from which we get our Bible. Okay. The Hebrew writings of the Old Testament is contained in what is known as the Masoretic text. The Hebrew Masoretic text. Okay. There are other Old Testament texts like the Septuagint, which is Greek. Mm-hmm. But I, I believe the Hebrew Masoretic is the one that the King James was based on. They had access to all these.
0: Okay.
1: <clears throat> For Greek, they use the Textus Receptus, which means received text, or it's also called the majority text. Mm-hmm. There are other New Testament um, manuscripts. That there's it's it's too complicated a discussion to get into. You know, okay. it's very new text. New Testament textual criticism is a vast subject, but ultimately, I believe the majority text is the is the accurate one, and the others are Gnostic heresies. Okay, whatever their title is. So, <clears throat> when I go to the Hebrew or the Greek, I'm going to a Strong's concordance which is drawing from some source of copies of those original languages, yeah. whether it be the Masoretic Text, the Textus Receptus, or anything else. Okay. And we're looking at what we believe is the actual word in Hebrew or Greek that was written down by those authors at the time. Okay. okay, So nobody has copies of the originals, but when we do that, we're looking at a word to see, for me, it's not so that I can get the Hebrew understanding of a word or the Greek understanding of a word because that's still somebody's opinion.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we see a definition is an opinion. But I go and I look up other places where that same Hebrew or Greek word was translated in scripture and try to get a bible definition. Okay. So if that word was makaze or whatever, then I'm going to go everywhere and see where that Hebrew word was translated into English as vision and I'm going to piece together a meaning of it from the actual text of the bible. Wow. You know, I'll mention the definition, like I just did, the ecstatic state. Mm-hmm. But is that actually what the Bible says? Okay. And that's what we're going to dig into next. So Numbers 24 yeah. is is the next passage we're going to go to. Okay. And verse 1 we read, And when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel. Now, Balaam was a prophet, but he was a hireling prophet. He's a bad guy. Okay. Uh, at least uh, he ends up being a bad guy. But here... He was being told by, he was trying to be hired by a Moabite king named Balak. And he he saw how Israel was conquering their enemies. So he wanted Balaam to curse them so he could Hmm. defeat them in battle. And Balaam said, okay, I'll try to curse him, but I can only say what the Lord tells me to say. And so he ends up blessing them like three times. (laughs) Each time he got hired to curse them. Plan backfired on him. Yeah. God spoke through him and blessed Israel. And so here's one of those blessings. It says, And when Balaam saw that it pleased the Lord to bless Israel, he went not as at other times to seek for enchantments, but he set his face toward the wilderness. And Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel abiding in his tents according to their tribes. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And so he was awake. And he took up this parable and said, "Balaam the son of Beor hath said, and the man whose eyes are open hath said, he hath said that which heard the words of God, uh, he hath said, comma which heard the words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty, falling into a trance, but having his eyes open." And then he goes on to give the blessing. So we get a we get a definition, yeah. a picture of what a vision is. That's more right, what I was thinking, right? Yeah, like right you're not there.
0: asleep, you're awake, but you're yeah, in a trance. Really. In a trance.
1: So he's he appears to maybe worship the God of Abraham, but mm-hmm. he ends up um doing some bad things. You know? right. So uh, he called him Lord, and he called him his God. But he, in Numbers 22, God came to him at night and likely in a dream. We're not going to read that one, but he did that in a dream. And here he speaks of a vision in a trance while his eyes were open. So a vision seems to be a trance-like state, but you might just be like this, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm standing still with my eyes open, yeah. imitating what it might be. And in a sense, it could be like an ecstasy, like you're having a, a, a trip. I don't Mm -hmm. mean a drug-induced trip, but God controlling your mind. I mean, I think that's
0: a good description, though, right? You're seeing something that's not physically in front of you.
1: Right. Exactly. And it's interesting to note, if you go down to verse 15 in the same chapter, it says, here's another trance he has, another vision. And he took up his parable and said, Balaam, the son of Beor, hath said, and the man whose eyes are open hath said, he keeps repeating this. You know, this is how he's getting these Mm -hmm. visions. He hath said, which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a but having his eyes open. It's the exact same Hmm. expression describing a vision. But look what he says in verse 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh or near. There shall come a star, capital S, out of Jacob, and a scepter, capital S, shall rise out of Israel. A scepter is an indication of rule, like a king. Yeah. And shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheph. Uh, so this is God giving a disobedient prophet a, an early prophecy of Jesus Christ, the star and the mm-hmm. scepter that's going to come out of Jacob is a reference to Jesus. Who's Sheph? Uh, some individual that must have been the precursor to Moab. Wow. Like if we go back and look at the table of nations and the genealogies, you know, mm-hmm. Moab came from uh, uh, Sheph, the children of Sheph, and it could be that it, it was a, a descendant of Moab or something like that. Yeah, but they're in that. It, I find in that it interesting
0: because it's speaking about Jesus Christ, yeah. you heard it, correct? And it's also talking about he'll destroy the children of Sheph. So it's almost like that's a prophecy of the. End of time, right, or end of mankind?
1: Well, and it does. It does get into this connection that Moab has with the end times. Yeah, like Moab doesn't exist today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the modern equivalent would be what Jordan, the Kingdom of Jordan, okay, or perhaps parts of Saudi Arabia. But is Moab a type of something else? And and like Timothy Alberino points out in discussions we've had, and in his book, Edom, Moab, they could be pictures of humanity that are types of angelic kingdoms, too. Hmm. You know, when we talk about, like, uh, Rahab, that was broken to pieces, and could yeah. that have been a planet? Yeah. You know, and I, I keep hoping we can get Tim back. Uh, I know he's busy with trips to Peru and he, things He's like a that. wanted man. He's a wanted man, <laughs> big time, <laughs> big time. But uh, I, I hope to get him back, and, and when I met him at BlurryCon... I said I want to have you and I want to talk about Mars, and he lit up like, "Wow, I've been wanting to talk about that (laughs) on a show." So I'm thinking that if we get him on here, we can dive deeper into that. Yeah. But anyway, back to Moab. You know, you're right. There's a double meaning there, and Mm -hmm. Chef, there's a double meaning there. Now go to Genesis 20 again, and we'll notice uh, in verse one that this is Abram again, except now he's called Abraham. And he travels into a, a part of Canaan and because his wife, Sarah, is beautiful, even mm-hmm. at their advanced age. Mm-hmm. You know, they still had that earlier genetic components like the first humans did. Yeah, before Who, they
0: started polluting our, our food supply and all that. All that, yeah. <laughs> our water, everything. Everything.
1: <laughs> and, and uh, you know, as Adam lived 930 years yeah. and men lived upwards of 800, 700 mm-hmm. years, uh, Abram is already over 100 years old. And his wife, Sarah, close to 90. And yet he says, if we go into this country, they're going to see how beautiful you are. And they're going to kill me and take you to wife. So lie and tell everybody, you're my sister. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. And so in doing that, they're thinking, well, she's not married to him. Right. So there's a Gentile king in Canaan and he takes her. They, they go into the region and he says, "Ah, well, she can come live in my palace. Okay. And he's planning to do things with her. Yeah. So look at verse one. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. There's the region, Gerar. Good. And Abraham said of Sarah his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. And God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, behold, thou art but a dead man. Can you imagine having a dream where God says, you're a dead man. Uh, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her. He hadn't touched her yet. And he said, Lord, wilt thou slay also a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she is my sister. And she even herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in innocency of my hands have I done this. And so he's having a discussion with God in a dream. Yeah. And God said unto him in a dream, yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. For I also withheld thee from sinning against me. Therefore, suffer I thee not to touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. And if thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all that are thine. Hmm. So that's a frightening dream to have.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'd to, say so. To think well, it started right off with like you're a dead man.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're a dead man. And and why do you think John? And I'm putting you on the spot, uh-huh. but you might figure this out based on the context. Why do you think he said, you sinned against me?
0: you sinned against me? He took
1: another man's wife. Yeah. Adultery happens all the time, right? Yeah. So why is that a sin against God in this case?
0: I don't know. What? Well, it
1: has to do with the promise God made to Abraham. Of thy seed I will raise up
0: uh, okay. a nation, yeah.
1: and through it would come Jesus Christ. Yeah. If If, if God made a promise and Sarah became pregnant with king Abimelech's seed. Yeah. It would have destroyed. And and I believe it was a satanic attempt. Even though Abimelech oh, was innocent, okay. Satan was going to use him to prevent the seed from being born. Wow. Yeah.
0: So Pretty God well. interceded in a dream yeah. to tell him, "Hey, you need to back down because yeah, you're 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 essentially yeah. stepping in the way of prophecy here."
1: And he could have disobeyed the Lord and slept with Sarah. And she might have been impregnated by Akema Bimelech, and that would have been a mess. Yeah, you know, Because even Abraham tried to figure out how God's prophecy would come forth by taking his servant Hagar. And oh. that resulted in a mess with Ishmael.
0: Hi, if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider being a full-time subscriber. We are going to use these funds to expand the message and get the word out about what's in the Bible that the world doesn't want you to know about.
1: That's right, John. We appreciate you listening, but we'd love it if you'd subscribe. That way we can reach more people with the time we have left. So enjoy the rest of the podcast, but think about subscribing if the Lord puts it on your heart.
0: To subscribe, just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com.
1: Thanks.
0: You need to bring this up to is uh, L.A. Marjuli. Yeah. Because he has the book counter move, right? So it's all about like God and Satan. Oh, he does. This, yeah. Oh, does he bring this up in his book? Well, he brings
1: up several examples. I'll okay, but him I've him never with.
0: heard of this one mm-hmm. right here that you just pointed out. Well, that's pretty fascinating. It's
1: just another way that Satan yeah. attempts to, and that's why genetics is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've heard people say, oh, the Hebrew, uh, the, the rabbis and the Hebrew scholars of the ancient, they never read genetic manipulation into the text. They didn't need to. I don't care what they said or commented yeah. about it. It's right here. Yeah. It's in the text, you know. If they think we're reading it into it, they just don't want to see it. Hmm. Yeah, there's a genetic component or God wouldn't have made the prophecy about the seed of the woman crushing the head. It all,
0: always comes back to
1: genetics. doesn't it? Always, That's, That's why I do agree with L.A. Yeah. on that. L.A. Marzulli, yeah. Thank God for his ministry.
0: Oh, yeah. he's great.
1: Yeah. So it's just interesting to note that God even spoke to Gentile kings in dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the first recorded one first non-believing person, uh, that was Abimelech. But the most notable Gentile king that God spoke to in a dream was Nebuchadnezzar, a really bad guy. So we'll get to him in a moment. But let's look up the word dream. Okay. So we looked up vision. The word dream in Hebrew is halom, if I'm saying it right. And it's translated as a dream uh, or a dream that's normal dream or a dream that's with a prophetic meaning. And so clearly there's a prophetic meaning uh, to what takes place with uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Now, before we get to Nebuchadnezzar, uh, or did I, maybe I went too fast there. Did I skip one? Yeah, we'll get to Nebuchadnezzar in a minute. So before I get to Nebuchadnezzar, I want us to see the pattern of God speaking in dreams to men. Uh, So even Jacob in 31. And uh, Joseph, though, is the one most people associate with dreams, and God gave him several visions. And okay. then we're going to see the the two people I would think that are most equated with dreams in the Bible are Joseph and Daniel. Okay. But we'll just remember that Jacob wrestled with God. He saw the vision of the ladder, angels descending and descending. Mm-hmm. Those were dreams. Yeah. So, again, we're going to look at the word dream in Scripture. Are they dreams
0: or are they visions?
1: Well, both, but in this case, I believe we have a dream okay. because it says so. Uh, We'll go to Genesis 37. And these were dreams that caused Joseph's brothers to hate him, you know. So we look in uh, verse 5 of Genesis 37, verse 5. And uh, there's Joseph is the youngest of the brothers. And when his brethren saw that their father, uh, 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 Jacob is Israel, their father, loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And it's the same word, m- m- macomb, or whatever we just read. Okay. Uh, Joseph dreamed a dream, uh, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. So they hated him because his father loved him the most. You know, Dad always <laughs> loves you best. <laughs> and they hated him for the dreams. And uh, he said, verse 6, unto them, Here, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, which has to do with harvesting grain. Yeah. And lo, my sheaf arose up and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaf stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? Or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And it, it will come to pass that they did bow down to him. Yeah. Because they sold him into slavery. He ended mm-hmm. up being the top guy in Egypt, second under Pharaoh. And there was a famine, and all Israel had to leave Canaan and come dwell in Egypt, which is how Israel came to be in bondage in Egypt mm-hmm. years later when the uh, the Exodus took place. Yeah. But what? Not just one dream. Verse nine. And he dreamed yet another dream, and told it his brethren, and said, Behold, I've dreamed a dream more, and behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. And later we'll see this dream fulfilled, in um, Revelation twelve. You know. Okay. Uh, And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou streams? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow down ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying. So even his, his brothers hated him for his dreams and they called him, behold, this dreamer cometh, you know, this dreamer cometh when they when they see him coming.
0: Well, I mean, they're kind of. There's a lot of envy here, right? Oh yeah. It, it's like he has these dreams of like superiority, or like you're yeah. gonna bow down to me, and then he's telling them about it. So then they're like, ah, this guy,
1: like. <laughs> and and it literally has to do with um, Jesus Christ, of course, becoming king and reigning over Israel. Okay. You know, but in in the context here, he's talking about how they would all come to him. Because they would need to be saved by him. So Joseph is a type of Christ. Yeah. Even though Christ is from the tribe of Judah, Mm -hmm. Joseph is a type in that sense. In the same way, David is a type, you know. Okay. And therefore, he saved Israel from starving to death so that they could grow to be a nation while in Egypt. You know, Mm -hmm. and that's how they came to be a million, some odd strong. Okay. So that when they left, they conquered Canaan. Because it's just a family right now. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just a family. Um, Now I mentioned Nebuchadnezzar. So Daniel chapter two is the famous dream that Nebuchadnezzar had that Daniel interpreted. And if we go to chapter two, verse one, we read. And in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, who's the king of Babylon, and he'd carried Israel captive because of their disobedience. Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep break from him. We won't take the time to dream the dream that he had, but he dreamed about the four kingdoms, yeah, the four empires, world empires, that would ultimately be destroyed by the fifth kingdom, which is Christ. Okay. You know? So the king of Babylon dreamed a dream that foretells the four Gentile kingdoms of the world that lead up to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. Once again, God revealing to heathens prophecy. Yeah. You know? And um of course Daniel interprets the dream. And in Daniel chapter four, this is a fascinating passage to me. Did you know this chapter was written by Nebuchadnezzar?
0: I had no idea.
1: It's the only passage of Scripture that I'm aware of that a a Gentile, unbelieving king wrote a portion of Scripture.
0: I've never heard that
1: before. Yeah, because God wrote it. God uh, uh, gave him the vision, and he wrote it, Hmm. the dream. So we're reading verse Hmm. 4. Well, first one is the context. He writes, Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people, nations, and languages. Now, he probably had a scribe write it down, but it's his declaration. But he's dictating it. Yeah, Yeah. he's dictating it. Verse 4, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at rest in mine house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream which made me afraid, and thoughts upon my bed, and the visions of my head troubled me. Therefore made I a decree to bring in all the wise men of Babylon, and on and on. They couldn't interpret the dream, so um, he ended up getting David to interpret the dream. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he mentions a vision and a dream. So it seems that there can be night visions that are also dreams. Yeah. So when we were asking about the difference between a vision and a dream, yeah, they do intersect. Apparently, mm-hmm. you could be awake and have a vision, but probably not a dream. So maybe that's where the term daydream comes from. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you could also be uh, at night have a vision too. Hmm. Okay. And so that would be a, a dream. Yeah. You know. Um. So, like I said, he wrote the only chapter of Scripture I'm aware of that was not written by a Jewish believer unless you want to count Job. And we don't really know whether Job was a Semite or you know, what. Okay. He was certainly a man that feared God, though. Now, as I mentioned, uh, Daniel, of course, uh, is associated with dreams. One of the other two in Scripture, they're most, in my opinion associated with dreams and he explains one of his dreams in chapter 7 again we're not getting into the details of the dreams Mm -hmm. but we're looking at the circumstances surrounding the revelations
0: okay
1: so daniel 7 verse 1 in the first year of belshazzar king of babylon which i believe was the son of nebuchadnezzar
0: okay
1: uh daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter so um He was doing both here, and it could be a night vision is a dream, or he could have both. He could have had a vision and a dream. You know, maybe he was awake. So, in some cases, Daniel was spoken to directly by an angel of God. You know, because we're going to see in a moment that the man Gabriel appeared to me, and he said to me such and such. Okay. But given the definition that God said about Speaking to prophets in visions and dreams in the book of Numbers 12, Mm -hmm. when he was talking about Moses, I get to speak to directly, but everybody else in dreams, we could probably glean from scripture that when Daniel did see Gabriel or any other angel for that matter, he was dreaming it, Hmm. which tells me angels can talk to us in dreams. Yeah. And if God's angels can, could fallen entities do so. Sure. and that's one of the things Vicki joy Anderson brought mm-hmm. up, you know so go with me to Daniel chapter two again back to where we uh, we first mentioned Nebuchadnezzar having a dream it turns out he couldn't remember what the dream was he was disturbed by it and he called all his magicians and wise men and they couldn't tell him we well, don't know what you dreamed yeah nobody could tell you that but there was a man in Israel that could
0: hmm. okay. and
1: because God gave Daniel the vision so look in verse 19. Daniel 2, 19. Then was the secret of the vision revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So that's just to show you that we know by Scripture that Daniel was given the interpretation of Nebuchadnezzar's dream by a night vision, which could have been a dream, Mm -hmm. you know, because he was sleeping, or he could have been awake at night and had the vision.
0: It seems like there's a a pretty distinct... Difference between dreams and visions here in the scriptures, though, or do you think that they're used interchangeably? Like, well, in if a, they say night, night vision, vision yeah. maybe
1: he's indicating that it could be the, the line that the lines are blurry. awake, yeah, but
0: you're seeing something,
1: or that you're dreaming and it's also a revelation in a dream, yeah, yeah. So it's there, the lines a little blurry there, yeah. Maybe blurry creatures can talk to somebody <laughs> who can unwind it the up line. For them. yeah. <laughs> So go to Daniel 8. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a better understanding of that. Um, Daniel 8, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared unto me, even unto me, Daniel, after that which appeared unto me at the first. So what was the first? Uh, In in this dream, or vision rather, he said, uh, he says in verse 16, notice there, and it came to pass when I, even I, Daniel, had seen the vision and sought for the meaning. Then, behold, there stood before me as the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Uli, which was a river, which called and said, Gabriel, make this man to understand the vision. Well, we know Gabriel is an angel. Yeah. So when Gabriel comes to speak to Daniel, it's in a vision.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, in, it's in a dream that he had. You know, or something like that. So while they, dreams and visions can be interchangeable, it looks to me like maybe when angels talk to people, it's through visions.
0: Sometimes, sometimes they actually appeared to them, though, or, correct?
1: Or, or did they? Or well, did I mean, they? I'm thinking of um, Sodom and, and Angel Gomorrah, were, right? right? There was yeah. two
0: guys that showed up, right? And they right. were talking to them, and they were angels, right? So that's not a vision or a dream. They were. I'm assuming they were actually there.
1: Yeah, because I, there were I will, other people in the city that I'll saw him and said, assume, bring right those guys you,
0: in here. We want to, you know.
1: Yeah. when and, yeah. and maybe that's why when they're described that way, they're called the two men. The Lord appeared to Abraham. So when we read those words, and the Lord appeared to Abraham in the plains of Mamre, then you yeah. know it's not a dream, you know, if he appeared. Mm-hmm. Or it would have said, appeared to him in a vision or in a dream. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was physically. So yeah, there's exceptions. Okay. Yeah. And, and even the two angels that went on to Sodom pulled Lot, dragging, kicked him, dragging, dragged mm-hmm. him kicking and screaming, is what the word mm-hmm. I was trying to say, out of Lot. So you're absolutely right there. Are but times. then
0: the the angel that appeared to Joseph, and I'm speaking of Joseph and Mary, right? Uh, that was in a dream, though, right? Those are all That dreams. was in a dream. Yeah. yeah, we're
1: going to read about them. Okay. Yeah, maybe not this episode. Okay. But we'll read about them, too. So, hmm. um, so go me back to Daniel chapter 9 again.
0: Okay.
1: It's Daniel 9 is that pivotal chapter of the book of Daniel where uh, we get that whole prophetic uh, teaching about the 70 weeks. Okay. You know, which has mm-hmm. to do with years. And so um, if we read in verse 21... And by the way, it's, it's sometimes people don't really understand or, or pay attention to this. They want to jump right down to the prophecy of the angel, which was probably Gabriel here. Okay. Um, in verse 21, just read it. It is Gabriel. Yeah. Whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. My argument would be that Daniel was in a trance or having a day vision here. Mm-hmm. The time of the evening oblation means it was you know late in the day, but it wasn't the middle of the night or yeah. something. You know? yeah. But the 70 weeks prophecy that's given him here was likely given to Daniel in another vision here. Uh, proving that God speaks to men in visions and dreams, just as he said in Numbers 12. Um
0: Kind of fascinating. Sorry, I'm interrupting you. What were you going to say? Well, where I,
1: was, where I was going with saying one of the things people miss is that the reason why um, the angel came to Daniel in this particular vision was because of the first 20 verses of the chapter is Daniel coming to understand by books how long Israel was going to be in captivity. Yeah. And realizing they were carried captive because of their sins. Okay. So he begins to confess the sins of Israel. And the first 20 cha- verses of the chapter are the confession. And I oh. strongly believe in my heart that this is a picture of Israel's confession that they need to make before the Lord will turn his face back to them. Wow. In the future. It's a type of that. Yeah. Because after he made his confession, it says while he was doing it, uh look in verse um uh, verse 20. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, which is Jerusalem, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel appeared uh, to him. So I think as he was making the confession, he went into the trance hmm. and he had a yeah. vision. And the point being, it's a picture and type of when God had said, I'll go return to my place until they make their confession, yeah. till yeah. they acknowledge their conf- offense. And um, that was in Hosea 5. Mm-hmm. And then in Hosea 6, we see the answer of Israel. So let's return to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's a picture. In fact, I believe that 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That has been and mis- misunderstood for centuries. Okay, To mean, I've got to... Pray every night and confess my sins of the day. Yeah, yeah. In order to be forgiven. There are many Christians, I think, that believe that. Okay. John is a Jew.
0: Yeah. yeah. He
1: wrote that in the context of the future time of tribulation. Mm -hmm. And he writes about it is the time of the Antichrist. You know, there are many Antichrists. And he writes as a priest, the new priesthood of Israel. Okay. So he is saying, we, Israel, the nation, it's the national program. It goes back to after the close of the, uh, Paul's epistles. Hebrews is yeah. the next letter. And so from Hebrews through Revelation, you're really dealing with the end times. Your Hebrews gathers the nation back together. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called Hebrews. Okay. And they talk about being a priesthood. And Christ is their high priest. And so they make their confession and that's when God starts dealing with them as a nation again. Hmm. So uh, for, to me, 1 John 1-9, it's got a broader application, but I don't want to misapply it. Yeah, it's, it's actual contextual and dispensational application is for Israel to make their confession. And when they do, God will deal with them as a nation yeah. again. And guess what they're going to receive? Dreams and visions. Hmm. And that's wow. yeah. okay. And, and right now, nationally speaking... They're not his people, you yeah. know.
0: We can because they did deny the Messiah.
1: They rejected Christ yeah. and turned away from God. and Everything else, they became lo Am I not my people? Hosea chapter one.
0: Yeah,
1: Hosea is the book of divorce. Okay. God is a Hosea is a type of God the Father. His wife Gomer is a type mm-hmm. of the adulterous wife Israel. Okay. So when because she went a whoring after other gods, Israel was divorced by God. Gotcha. And the setting aside, the blinding, the beginning of sorrows, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, Israel being in darkness for 2,000 years. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting in in Hosea chapter 6, when they say, come, let us return to the Lord, they say, he has smitten us and he will heal us. He has stricken us and we will be uh, bound up, Mm -hmm. you know, mollified. And they say, after two days,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: he will uh, raise us up in his sight. Two days. After two days. Today with the Lord.
0: says a thousand years, yeah.
1: Two days, 2,000 years. It's all starting to make sense. It it is to me. (laughs) So the real great question then for our discussion here about visions and dreams is, is God speaking to us in dreams today? You know, we could could apply what we just discussed about Israel, making their confession, and we're going to see later on. That young men will dream dreams and you're pour on my spirit and everything else. And there's a context to Israel. But is there any context for us today Hmm. as we approach the last days? Yeah. And the question is going to be answered next week.
0: Oh, I got to (laughs) wait. You got to wait. You're going to make my wife mad again. Anytime you do a part two, she gets mad. She's like, Mm. why don't you guys just keep talking about it?
1: We could. (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to have something to talk about next week. (laughs) Because okay. we're going to literally get into that very question. Uh, is he speaking to us in dreams today? And we want to discuss if we are, and there's a possibility that he is. Uh-huh. And when we get into the, our interview with Vicky Joy Anderson, and she talks about dreams, I think we're going to see some astounding. Yeah, that whole
0: opinion. interview kind of blew my mind. Me too. It took me a while to go to sleep that night. Did it? Yeah, because I, I mean, I never thought about my dreams. Yeah. And we're teeing up that whole interview, but if... People need to subscribe just so they can yeah. hear this interview. It's like an yeah. hour and a half long, and I literally had never thought of dreams this way. So that's I what I meant. It took me a while to go to sleep that night because yeah. I was like, man, what's going on in my head here?
1: Yeah. And she explains it. We're, she, the whole the interview is not just about dreams because we talk about sleep yeah. paralysis and, and, and mm-hmm. sleep paralysis attacks. And uh, we've discussed a little bit about that before, but we go into mm-hmm. greater detail. Oh, we talked
0: about making covenants oh, yeah. with spiritual beings in your dreams. I was like, whoa, I... Never thought of that stuff before,
1: exactly, but when she started talking about praying a prayer before she goes to bed at night, yeah, because of her experiences with attacks, yeah, and she's saying, not only am I asking that you not allow me to succumb to attack, but if I encounter mm-hmm. any redeemable entities, yeah, that was the term she used mm-hmm. uh, in my dreams, give me the courage and the grace to show the gospel in your dreams, yeah. So Which that, blew my mind. I, that blew my mind, too. So next <laughs> week, Lord willing, we're going to do Visions and Dreams Part 2, discuss whether or not God is speaking to us in dreams today, okay. and set the stage for our interview with Vicki Joy. Okay. Good so deal. you don't want to miss it, folks. No. Well, as always, John, thank you. Absolutely. For being here today. Great. and Thank you for listening. We hope that something we've said will be a blessing to you. Um We've asked a lot of our seekers to come up with suggestions of like a sign-off statement. Okay. And we've gotten some really good ideas,
0: but okay. I'm
1: going to have to say there's one that I'm leaning towards Uh-oh. that okay. Sandy, my wife and producer, suggested I just off the cuff one day. You know, because, okay. Because because this was, is
0: going to be the first episode to use this new sign-off. I'm going to test it out. Okay. I'm <laughs> test it out and see.
1: So until next time, watch and look up. Ooh, I like it. Because I think we're in the last day. Yeah. yeah. So watch and look up, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing to our premium ad-free content at BibleMysteriesPodcast.com.